You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Hoosiers? It is Wednesday, September 8th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics news. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Brood, here to bring you the latest in IU news. And we have a very special episode today. I don't want to go too long in this intro. We were joined by Chris King, the voice of the Vandals, play-by-play voice for Learfield Sports. So he gave us a ton of insight into what to expect for this Idaho team the Hoosiers will face on Saturday. But before we jump into that, I want to make sure that you guys have went on over to the Ultimate Season Preview feed for Locked On, the Locked On Podcast Network. They are wrapping up their NFL season previews, which started on August 30th, will run through today. Um, they did every team, every division with Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lucanfora uh, leading the way. So be sure to head on over to the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app, wherever you guys get your podcasts, and make sure you are all up to date before the NFL season kicks off. While you're over there, be sure you guys have subscribed to Locked on Hoosiers as well as following us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers and on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. Don't want to keep you guys waiting. This is a fun podcast, a very informative podcast. So let's throw it over to our conversation with Chris. And as promised, we are now joined by the voice of the Vandals as the play-by-play broadcaster for Learfield. Also does play-by-play for uh, Angels High A affiliate, uh, Tri-City Dust Devils. Terrific name. Uh, but we are joined by Chris King. Chris, how are you doing today? Jacob, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. It is, uh, there are probably few people who we may be able to talk to that would know this team better than you. Obviously, uh, Hoosiers probably don't have too much familiarity with uh, with this Idaho team. So uh, I know a lot of people I've seen kind of looking at that week one performance from Idaho. So I, I guess we can start there. What, what was just kind of the... Uh, the the takeaways and the thoughts from that that opening week win. Yeah, I think there were definitely a lot of positives. I mean, it's you know Simon Fraser. They were playing their first game since November of 2019. So you know you go into that game knowing that you know your opponent they might be a little rusty. The Vandals didn't play last fall, but they did have a spring season. The Big Sky Conference had a spring season where. Not every team opted into playing. Some opted out. The Vandals opted into playing. So there was the spring season. But, you know, for for both Idaho and Simon Fraser, the Division II school, interesting about Simon Fraser, they're the only Canada school under the NCAA umbrella. So that's a a little Simon Fraser fact. And they're (laughs) located in British Columbia. But, you know, I think overall is mission accomplished. You, You know, you're going against a smaller school that, you know, think you know going in that everything goes well it's not going to be an evenly you know match that Idaho is is going to be the better team there and that's exactly what happened I think it was mission accomplished you know we'll probably talk about this a little more you know a big thing is the quarterback competition right now for the Vandals but guys got out there guys gotta you know get going they gotta 
hit someone else with a, a different name on their jersey that they got out. Of. And I think there were a lot of good things on both the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, I don't care who you're playing uh, defensively. If you pitch a shutout, uh, that's a good day. And that's what the Vandal defense was able to do Saturday against Simon Fraser. It was certainly a much better opening week for Idaho than it was for the Hoosiers. Uh, but I mean, you mentioned a couple of things we'll talk about here in just a few minutes, but when kind of looking at uh, the offense and just the general way that this team performed, was that the expectation coming into this season to be this, uh, I mean, again, it's a division two team, but it was this, was the offense thought to be kind of this, this good basically. You know, I think that there are a lot of questions and not in a bad way, but just, you know, you go into the season and there's a quarterback competition. And that's something that Coach Petrino has talked about, that there should be a starter name going into the UC Davis game. And for Idaho, for their non-conference slate, Simon Fraser game one, and then at Indiana coming up on Saturday, and then at Oregon State. And then there's the bye week, and then Big Sky Conference play starts for the Vandals against UC Davis on Saturday. So, you know, offensively, you knew going in, as Coach Petrino talked about, that he was going to play three different quarterbacks, and exactly what he described is exactly what happened. And I think every one of those guys showed promise and showed something to get exciting about or excited about in the game. The three quarterbacks, and we could probably dive into this more, but you've got C.J. Jordan, a really athletic, um, just tantalizingly athletic and, and dynamic player, uh, a freshman quarterback who saw some action in the spring, uh, only in one game, got a little banged up there, but certainly enough in that one game to get folks excited. And I think we saw even a lot more of that coming up on Saturday. You've got the veteran quarterback and Mike Beaudry. Mike Beaudry started out at Division II school, West Florida, took them to the Division II National Championship game, and then ended up at UConn and then transferred to join the Vandals. And he saw the majority of the playing time back in the spring. And then from there, it was kind of a, a revelation almost in a way in the spring. A guy named Zach Borsch is the third quarterback, but he has had his, his own package is how Coach Petrino has described it. That Zach Borsch is a guy who won a state championship in the state of Washington as a quarterback, but came to the Vandals, spent time uh, in the secondary, spent time as a running back. And something about the spring for Idaho, if you look at the spring record, I'd say it's not really reflective necessarily. And, you know, other teams can say the same because just teams were dealing with availability issues. And I think that's the big takeaway from this spring was that the fact that a lot of guys got playing time and they got experience that they might not got otherwise. Uh, but with that, uh, you know, depending on week to week, there were some position groups that were, were pretty thin. So if you look at the spring record, I just don't think it necessarily reflects where Idaho was in the spring. But with that, Idaho had a second game against Eastern Washington back on April 10th, and they were down to their fifth string quarterback, basically. So they turned to Zach Borsch, and Zach Borsch comes in, and the Vandals nearly pull off this upset on the road as Eastern Washington is a really strong program. Idaho uh, was shorthanded in that game, and Zach Borsch came in and ran for over 200 yards. So he uh, saw time in both the first half and the second half as a package as Coach Petrino has described it. So uh, it's a long-winded way of saying kind of on the offensive side of the ball, it starts there. There are some newcomers that have joined the Vandals that were really exciting to see. But I guess when you talk about the offense and what the offense did and what might be expected to be seen from the Vandals on Saturday, a lot of those questions and, uh, you know, the potential to have a really good day revolve around that quarterback spot. Yeah, I certainly want to discuss that quarterback spot a little bit more, but 
another thing you mentioned that I thought I didn't realize until I started looking up about Idaho is the spring season and uh, Idaho goes two and four in their spring games. As you said, they doubled up with Eastern Washington. I know everybody had issues with availability and whatnot. It seemed throughout last season, Uh, the Hoosiers had a couple games canceled Well, the Purdue game at the end of the season because of that as well. I guess what was that spring season like for Idaho outside of maybe some of the availability issues you had? And I, it, it's interesting to me that, I mean, they play six games, have kind of three or four months off, and then do it all over again. So I guess what kind of impact does it, did that season have? Yeah, I think we're still learning in a lot of ways what kind of impact it had. But talking to Coach Petrino, I, he has said nothing but positives about it, that you know, love getting the guys out there, love getting the guys in action. And it's tough. Uh, and I can only imagine what it was like for those players and the coaches. You're so you're so primed when, when we're looking outside, whether it's in Moscow, Idaho, or there in Bloomington, it's fall. It feels like football. And the Vandals just, you know, with everything going on last year, there was no fall season for the big sky. Um, and because of that, uh, I think that having the spring, it was great. I think that there were a lot of positives again from it, and that's how Coach Petrino has looked at it. And he's repeatedly said that a lot of guys were able to get experience, and the hope is is that experience pays dividends down the road. And you know, we're kind of at that point that uh, you know Simon Fraser might not have been you know the same level of opponent by any means as a conference foe, uh, let alone the two other non-conference opponents this year in Indiana and Oregon State for the Vandals. But that the hope is that getting those guys that playing time, especially when there were availability issues at, at different position groups, that that's going to allow those guys, if they're turned to, or guys who have been asked to step up this year and take on bigger roles, that they do have that experience now, and they're they're not so green when they, when they go out there. Yeah, it certainly, you mentioned the, the, the depth issues. It got guys more minutes, for better or for worse sometimes, but uh, or more snaps, I should say. So be interesting to see how that impacts things going on. I, like I said, it wasn't something I realized until started looking up a, a weird little quirk in a, a 2020 season that had lots of them for lots of schools. I want to dive back into that quarterback competition and uh, see what the Hoosiers can expect here. We will jump right into that right after this break. Before we continue this conversation with Chris, I want to talk more about our friends over at betonline.ag that time of year again and all eyes are turning back to the gridiron as football is set to start and as always bet online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season doesn't look like they're going to have a line for the indiana game this week with it being against an fcs school similar thing happened with nebraska last week but still plenty of action with big 10 teams iowa is a three and a half point underdog Depending on how much of a believer you are in that Iowa team from last week, they will be playing Iowa State. Uh, There's all kinds of action across the Big Ten. Also, all kinds of action across the NFL as they kick off this week as well. So, you can take part in online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest or the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head on over there today. Sign up either on your mobile device or on your computer and enter promo code Locked On to receive a 100% welcome bonus. You can also take advantage of their opening day super promo, where you make a bet on Thursday's season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And speaking of betting, do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? I mean, the game's rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention all the experts that are entering dozens of teams and uh, taking advantage in that regard. They have more tools, more time, more money. You really don't stand a chance. I want to introduce you to Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts a player in control of win- and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero will show you their lineup and dare you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of times. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it's meant to be, one-on-one. No more going up against all those expert lineups who are throwing out those dozens and dozens of lineups or in those huge contests where you miss making money by a point. It's so frustrating. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Now, when I wrote down on my notes, I didn't even realize it was a three quarterback competition. Uh, I'm glad that we have you have you on to talk about this. But uh, I mean, you you talked a lot about the the three quarterbacks, and I know it was a question mark coming into the season. Was anybody able to really kind of establish themselves, or is this really a wide open race right now? You know, it's a good question. I would say too, and I think it's how Coach Petrino has described it. I think it's less of a three-man race. I think it's more that Zach Borish will will get time, that they have a package for him, they like his skill set, where it's maybe more between C.J. Jordan and Mike Beaudry is kind of how Coach Petrino has described it, but that Zach Borish is a very valuable football player for the Vandals. They love what he brings when he's on the field, and Zach has a package is how it's been described. You know, I, as far as separating themselves – you know, I think it's, you know, I think this is one third of the evaluation. You know, things can always change, but the way that Coach Petrino has described it is that, hey, we're using non conference play. We're using these three games to see where we're at there. We'll let these guys duke it out. And, you know, CJ Jordan had some probably the more explosive plays came when CJ Jordan was out there. At the same point, Coach Petrino praised Mike Beaudry for what he did with his legs and taking what the kind of the defense gave him at times. But, in uh, that first game, he did it by quarters, where the first quarter went to C.J. Jordan, second quarter went to Mike Beaudry, and then in the second half, uh, C.J. Jordan in the third quarter, Mike Beaudry had the fourth quarter. So, you know, I'd say both did some good things. Both uh, were involved in a with a fumble as well, which Coach Petrino talked about wanting to clean up. But, you know, I would say that it's it's kind of hard from one game, and you consider the opponent to to have a great feel, though I will say that, you know, C.J. Jordan had – there were two pass plays in particular, and then his his first touchdown, he had a running touchdown of a 21-yard uh, rushing touchdown that was impressive. He had a 48-yard connection with Michael Noyle that, that really, really looked good. And, again, very athletic and has a, has a pretty good arm as well. And then on top of that, there was a 71-yard touchdown pass between him and Hayden Hatton. So probably between the play between – the touchdown pass between Hatton – and the play between Michael Noyle right up there is the two, if not the most explosive plays in the game. 
happened when CJ Jordan was out on the field. But again, I would say that we're, you know, it's in the beginning stages of this. And when you factor in what the competition is, it will be a much different look uh, coming up on Saturday as far as how the quarterback uh, duel for the Vandals will go uh, when it comes to that matchup with the Hoosiers. Uh, When looking at these quarterbacks too, I mean, all three contributed in the run game as well, which uh, Idaho had 333 yards uh, on the ground. uh, Five different players had at least six rushes. when you, I know the offensive line had some some questions coming into the season as well. I guess, what do you think of how they were able to uh, run the ball, and, and is that kind of an expectation for this team this season? You know, I think with Coach Petrino, you know, establishing the run and having a strong run game is is definitely part of that. That is a big part of the equation. And I would say, as far as depth of a position group goes, the running back spot is right up there. You've got a strong returner in Roshan Johnson. He had three touchdowns in that game against Simon Fraser. And from there, there's a freshman from Waco, Texas, named Elijah Cummings, who made his Vandal debut and had over 60 yards. And his touchdown, he had a touchdown run, was, I mean, if you factor in what happened in the spring till now, and he wasn't around in the spring, one of the more impressive touchdown runs and the way he finished it as well. And this was just a freshman and Coach Petrino even talked about after the game and on our coaches show this week about, you know, maybe a guy that I, you know, I should have made sure had more touches in Elijah Cummings. Now we're just talking about a couple of guys there, uh, not to look over the, the other running backs as well. Nick Romano, an experienced guy, probably the best pass catching running back for the Vandals. Andre Carter back wasn't with the team in the spring, but it's done some really good things for Idaho in the past. And then Khalil Forehand came in in the second half. And really had an impact on the game and did some nice thing when the nice things when the ball was in his hand. So I'm writing an awful lot of names there, but I think that uh, Idaho that that position group maybe as much as any there's a lot of depth at the running back spot. Yeah, and then like I said, each of the quarterbacks had some positive yardage. You mentioned Borsch will have a, a package dedicated to him as well, so that'll certainly be an area to operate, but. I noticed as I was looking up previews that multiple different places called the Big Sky a passing league. Uh, so certainly some some focus on that in. And Hayden Hatton is one of the uh, first team All Big Sky from the spring. So I guess uh, is he kind of the focus or the leader, I should say, of that receiving core? He really broke out in this spring. He uh, was a tight end originally for the Vandals, moved him more into that wide receiver spot. And in addition to Hayden Hatton, who has done some really impressive things since being moved over to a wide receiver, that 71-yard touchdown, had two catches. But at the end of the day, if you can get two catches for over 100 (laughs) yards and a touchdown, uh, no one's complaining about that day at all. But on top of that, two really interesting guys for the Vandals, Therese Trainer in his first year with the team, a transfer from Western Kentucky, and Mackay Stevenson, a transfer who saw a good amount of playing time when he was at UNLV. That those guys, you know, it, it takes some time to, to get in the swing of things a little bit, but they, they look good there in that opener on Saturday. And I think expectations are pretty high, just what they bring. Stevenson really fast. Therese Trainer has got good speed, but pretty physical as well. That Idaho, I think, pretty excited to take what there was in this spring as far as what weapons you have and to factor in Therese Trainer, Makai Stevenson as wide receivers, and then Elijah Cummings and what he's brought as a freshman running back. I think those three guys um, 
just as far as offensive weapons have the Vandals pretty excited. And she mentioned about the Big Sky. You know, you've got to you've got to be ready to put up points in the conference. And you know, for folks who aren't familiar with the Big Sky, it was a really good week for the Big Sky this last week. Montana went into Seattle and beat number 20 UW. That was a, a big-time win for the conference, a great win for the Grizz. And the Grizz, of course, a, a big rival of Idaho. But when you're watching this time of year to see what the teams in your conference are doing, uh, it was impressive. On top of that, UC Davis went into Tulsa and beat Tulsa. And Eastern Washington topped UNLV at the new Raiders Stadium. So the conference as a whole had a had a pretty good week, and something you touch on with the Big Sky that uh, that putting up points and, and having a defense that can at least limit the opposition as best as possible is big in the Big Sky. So I mean, talking about the passing, obviously you they ran for more yards than passing, but is this a team that I know every coach ideally wants a, a 50-50 balance more often than not? But is this a team that? Is more of a, a passing team, a running team? Is there a distinction between them right now? You know, as I said, you know, Coach Petrino always wants to have a strong running game, but I yeah. would just say where we're at in this season and what the Vandals are have in this quarterback competition, that it's it's a little, you know, hard to tell at the moment. I think you're you're looking to score points and to pick pick up gashing gains and to get those explosive plays any way possible. But, you know, it depends on what quarterback is out there on the field, really kind of their skill set where, again, Mike Beaudry, Mike, or Paul Petrino praised him for what he did with his legs on the opportunity to give him. But C.J. Jordan is just more of a mobile quarterback than Mike Beaudry is, and that's no knock on Mike Beaudry. He's much more of a veteran. Um, he, you know, he's been around a lot longer, big physical guy, six foot five. Uh, so to answer your question, it's a, it's a good one. I don't have a great answer for you. I think a lot of it – is to be determined for the Vandals. You know, once we get into conference play and a starter is named, and fingers crossed for every team, whoever you name a starter uh, at any position, you hope they're healthy and able to contribute and be on the field throughout the course of the season. But I think that's an answer we'll have a, a better idea of later on than just based on how the team is, you know, looking at these quarterbacks and these guys have done well. I think they've all earned praise, um, but who kind of emerges from the pack? We will, we, we've obviously talked about the offense. We will uh, take a look at the defense here in just a moment and then kind of look at some expectations for this game and for this season for Idaho in just one moment. I want to first tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. First, if you guys haven't seen from earlier this fall, I know I've mentioned it a couple times, go look at their video in which Built Bar gave all the walk-ons at BYU scholarships. That alone should make you support this company. Those are my kryptonite, those scholarship walk-ons getting scholarship videos. But if that isn't enough, Built Bar has nine delicious flavors and some occasional limited time flavors. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. Whether you're a coconut person, cherry, raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, there's something for everyone. If you uh, haven't tried the flavors, there's a mixed box that allows you to try two of each flavor so that you can figure out your favorites. Not only are they tasty, they're healthy as well. Most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You're looking at amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. Uh, there's really no reason not to head over there today. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off 
your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Obviously, whenever you put up a number like 68, that's going to draw a lot of attention, but the defense was uh, just as good. As you said, no matter who the opponent is, if you can get a shutout, that's an impressive result. Uh, start with that front seven. I know there's uh, Trey Walker was an All-American in the spring. Uh, just how how strong is that front seven for the Vandals this season? Yeah, for the defense, it really starts with that front seven. You mentioned Trey Walker. I mean, there are times out there the Vandal linebacker is like a heat-seeking missile. Trey Walker is an awfully impressive player in the spring, earned All-American honors at the FCS level from five different publications. Uh, the, the conference definitely respects him. He was named as the Big Sky preseason defensive MVP. So I mean, when you start with a guy for the Vandal defense, Trey Walker is number one on that list. But part of that front seven, the Vandals, Vandals have some size up front. Charles Ocano, maybe less on the size front, but a guy who has the potential to get to the quarterback at a really good fall of 2019, was named the National Defensive Player of the Week at the FCS level. I had a monster game against Eastern Washington that the Vandals won uh, just about two years ago. It was back in September of 2019. It was a little more banged up in the spring. Um, hopefully, Charles Ocano, I think that thought is too, that we'll see more of the 2019 version of Charles Ocano. But up front, there's just there's some size. There's some there's some beef up there for the Vandals between guys like Rasan Crawford, kind of a run stuffer, a leader for the team. Noah Ellis was living in the backfield for Simon Fraser back in that game on Saturday. And I just, you know, a, a guy his size is six foot five, three hundred plus pounds, who can move the way he does. I just don't think a team like Simon Fraser has, has seen that often or seen that before. Uh, Jonah Kim doing a nice job as well. Nate Negras. So those are some of the guys up front. And then when you, you talk about the linebackers, it, it is Trey Walker. So that front seven is a strength for the team. I think Idaho, you know, the spot that they're really hoping that continues to improve and take another step forward this year would be the secondary. That's led by Tyrese Dedman and Jalen Hoover in the secondary. But, you know, looking for really strong play in the secondary because it's hard to top a uh, Anywhere in the Big Sky Conference, at least, you know, when you, you kind of look around and you're comparing yourself to to when conference play rolls around uh, to a linebacker like Trey Walker. And we mentioned um, talking about that secondary, that the Big Sky is a passing league. Uh, you can talk about it on the offensive end, but you have to be able to, to defend that pass as well on the defensive end. So uh, with that secondary, uh, what's, I guess, how do they size up with uh, with the rest of the conference coming into the season? It's a good question. I think it's still one that will be answered. I think in the spring there were some there were some bright spots. I think there were in the spring there were times that it was a bit of a struggle too for certain games and at certain times giving up you know bigger passing plays than you would like. But um, hopefully that helps from the spring. There are some new additions as well. A couple of transfers: Jeremiah Salam from Kent State, KJ Jarrell from Arizona State. Um, but then, you know, it, and there are some returning quarterbacks who have done some good things. Arnell Walker, Marcus Harris, Josh Jones, that you hope to continue to, to improve and take another step forward. Is guys that just, you know, they've been in some of those guys, not all of them, but some of the ones I've named, they've been in the program for a little bit of time. They just haven't had the chance to play in a lot of games because Idaho just playing six in the spring. And since then, it had been since November of 2019. So a lot of this we're, we're learning about. Uh, but I think that's a spot on the defense. The Vandals are definitely hoping for a really strong performance this year, but it's just not as proven as that front seven is, especially when you have a guy like Trey Walker anchoring that front seven. 
certainly. It's hard to it's hard to have multiple All American talents, and uh, certainly sets the bar high when you do. But uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier that the Big Sky was able to pull off a couple upsets uh, in Week One. What's the expectation for Idaho coming into this game? Then, you know, that's a great question. I I think. The Vandals just to give Indiana the the greatest fight that they can possibly have. You know, we'll see what the final score is. I mean, uh, no doubt Idaho is doing everything possible to win this game. Obviously, there's a lot of respect for Indiana coming into this year, what they've done. Uh, clearly, this is going to be an irritated Indiana squad. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Is you know, for week one for the Vandals against a team like Simon Fraser, went about as well as possible. Clearly for Indiana, they had other hopes for how week one would end up unfolding. So, you know, we'll see how that uh, ends up going for the Hoosiers in week two. But obviously Idaho going there, going to do all they can to to come away with a victory over Indiana. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is, too, for the Vandals, you want to be primed to go for conference play. And it's, it's not an easy conference. I would say in the big sky, there's about – eight or nine teams kind of in the mix this year that could finish, uh, you know, I think, you know, pretty high in the middle that we'll see teams that uh, have the ability to, to compete right at the top of the conference. And Idaho, I think right there in there plans on, and I think can be part of that mix as well. But, you know, I think for the Vandals, you want to hopefully, you know, have as much sex success as possible. You want to see what those quarterbacks can do. You you, know, you face a Division II team. Let's see what those guys can do now facing a team to the caliber of Indiana. And then, you know, see what happens here. And then we'll see next week as the Vandals will take on Oregon State, then a week off, and then it's on the road against UC Davis to start conference play. And you kind of touched on it. it- Obviously, it sounds like they're kind of using this uh, non-conference schedule as a, a bit of a testing grounds with their quarterbacks and making sure that uh, they have a better sense going into conference play. So I guess uh, what is the expectation in the conference to then be able to compete for a title, as you kind of said? I definitely think that's I think that's the expectation. I think that's, you know, the expectation every year. But out of respect to the big sky there, there are some teams that, you know, maybe Indiana fans might not be as familiar with. But uh, there are some teams that, you know, the ones we've already named that uh, it's great to see the conference do as well as it has just this last week, especially. I mean, that Montana win over the University of Washington stands out. Um, but it also makes you, you know, for conference play that, you know, there's not really any weeks off. You know, for Eastern Washington's a program that has been a really, really top tier FCS school for a long, you know, pretty long time now. Montana has been a really strong program, Montana State. So those are teams that the Vandals have on their schedule. UC Davis, we mentioned that victory they had over Tulsa. That's the first conference foe for the Vandals. So, you know, it's 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 tough for, you know, for the Vandals. You look at that big sky schedule and you, you just don't know uh, from week to week because, you know, teams are competitive from top to bottom. And for Idaho, that is that is the goal. That is the hope to be right up there battling near the top of the conference. But, you know, we'll see. That's everyone's hope at this point mm-hmm. of the season. But I think definitely the talent is there. And Idaho, I think there's legitimately these, these guys are excited. I think everyone within the program is excited for this season and to see how the chips fall. But you just don't know until, you know, you, you strap on the pads and you're out there on the gridiron and, you know, you got to have some things go your way. You've got to have good health. You got to have, you know, hopefully you're catching teams at the right time and you've got to be able to execute. But I think there's a lot of excitement about this season. And I think 
as we've touched on, the biggest storyline, if you're a Vandal fan, is to see how this quarterback competition uh, ultimately unfolds and to see who will be the starting quarterback for that first conference game against UC Davis. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting battle that uh, Hoosier fans will get to see up close on Saturday. Well, Chris, thank you a ton for uh, for coming on and shedding light on obviously a team that uh, I'm sure Hoosier fans didn't know a ton about. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, and helping us out today. My pleasure, Jacob. I saw it's the first time Idaho and Indiana will ever play in football, so excited that uh, that I get to be there for it, and can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, and I hope you enjoy Bloomington as much as uh, as I did down there during college, and I'm sure many of our listeners do. So. Uh, best of luck uh, to Idaho. Uh, maybe not, maybe not on Saturday, but uh, f- but certainly for the rest of the season. And uh, again, thanks for helping out. No, my pleasure. Thanks again. And that'll do it for today's show as well. Be sure you go follow Chris at Chris King. Super help, super helpful, and giving us a ton of information about Idaho, and certainly more information than I ever could have researched and looked up for you guys. Certainly makes some interesting talking points for the rest of the week as we look at Idaho, which we will get into in Thursday's episode. I'll kind of take some of the stuff we learned today, apply it to what the Hoosiers can expect and how they could potentially um, improve upon their week one loss. As I said, if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, leave a rating and review. Go support Chris on Twitter. Follow him at Chris King Sports. And go follow the Twitter account uh, for the show at LO underscore Hoosiers. While you're doing all that, head on over to the Locked on Bets podcast where they make betting on the Hoosiers. College football, as simple as can be. It's a new podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You'll get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get podcasts. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and L-E-O.